0: .NET Rocks episode 674 with guest Dominic Beyer. Recorded live Wednesday, June 8th, 2011. This episode is brought to you by Telerik and by Franklin's.NET, training developers to work smarter. And now offering video training on Silverlight 4 with Billy Hollis and SharePoint 2010 with Sahil Malik. Order online now at franklins.net.
1: And now, here are Carl and Richard. Hey, it's Carl and Richard on the floor at NDC. Here we are in a new fishbowl. I love a good fishbowl. You know, it's the only difference between this year and last year is Scott Guthrie's here this year.
0: Ah, yeah, see the keynoted.
1: And, of course, there's connects everywhere.
0: Uh, but you know the other thing that NDC's got that no other conference has? The ADD room. Do you remember this?
1: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, where they have all of the sessions that are going on. You can see them right up there on on different screens, and you can just plug in your earphones to whichever one you want to listen to.
0: Yeah, right. Seven screens side by side, and you get a headset, and you literally switch between the channels so you can watch all of the sessions at the same time. It's the greatest ADD room ever.
1: Conference leaders take note of that. Hey, we're here with Dominic Beyer. We're talking about uh, claims based authentication and security, my favorite topic. Hi, Dominic. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) How are you?
2: I'm fine. I actually had an interesting night. So after we left the
0: bar. Oh, you weren't done? I was pretty done by the time we left the bar. I I was done too, but my room was
1: gone. What? They rented your room? No room. That's not good. No. You know, I would like to note for all those people who like pick on me about talking about drinking all the time.
0: <laughs> I was in my
1: room sleeping while these guys were out partying in Norway. Just saying, Hey, um, you are actually implementing claims based authentication and security in in the real world. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a question that comes up on the dot net Rocks show because, you know, Richard and I were talk show hosts. We don't go out and implement this stuff. What. Uh, what are the biggest challenges that uh, that you have in doing this kind of implementation? Is it just talking to the customers and making sure they understand what they're dealing with, or is it an implementation issue?
2: Um, I, I think the reason why it, it's a little bit hard to sell is because um, when you go to customers and show them Microsoft's library called WIF, the Windows Identity Foundation, you have
0: to sell them both a new API and a new paradigm at the same time. Hmm, yeah. yeah? I mean, most devs that I talk to are doing forms-based authentication, like the most basic of of, of authentication, much less, you know, actually checking, you know, is in role to, to, try to decide what features are available or not available. Well, I mean, and that's like,
2: I guess, the first misunderstanding, yeah? Um, it's not really claims-based authentication. It's claims-based identity. Right. How the authentication happens is totally... Um, decoupled from that. So you can do form based authentication and have a claim based identity after that to represent your user in your application. Yeah, the so claim isn't
1: about authorizing, it's about who is this person. Well, the claim
2: is really just a collection of statements about a user yeah. that you can you know connect or, or couple with a user in your application and then can use these statements to make some informed decisions may be uh, security related yeah it may be like you know his favorite color, so you can show his website in green
1: no are a lot of your customers SharePoint customers as well no uh, <laughs> well, I, don't say the s word <laughs> um, well you know that's that's what I guess that's yeah. where the consternation is.
2: I guess all of them are somehow SharePoint customers, but yeah. that's not my area. Yeah. Uh, I mean, SharePoint just uses the same concept now. Yeah. But, um, the work I'm doing currently is more like, more like crowned more like basic stuff. Like, how can we integrate into that? Uh, what's the benefits? What do we need to know about it? And, and, um, SharePoint is just a really good example of an, yeah. a reasonably complex application that benefits from the concept.
1: So, so when you're, uh, going and you're implementing your, your ser- you basically have a new server that you have to add to the mix to do the claims? No. Or do you use Again, an existing server? No, that, 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 that's the interesting part. Yeah.
2: So we, I think we have to distinguish between claims-based identity, the, the
1: concept. Okay.
2: Then the APIs. Okay. And then the infrastructure. Yeah. So because, we, as I said, you can do Windows authentication, but have claims after that. You can do forms-based authentication, have claims after that. Or you can do, you know, WS Federation-based authentication yeah. or WS Trust and have claims after that. So these are different topics, really. Yeah, I see. So, um,
1: it's good to clarify.
2: So, for example, um, what I always do in, in my demos is I have a standard ASP.NET application, and I just add a single HTTP module to it, and suddenly you have a claims-based identity.
0: Really? Yes. So, what's the module? It's called the Claims Principle HTTP module. Ah, okay. That's that's pretty straight (laughs) up. And, like you said, this is about claims. So, what would be a tip when you're building something like this? What are the kind of claims you're you're looking for? That's a very good question. Yeah. So, I guess
2: first and foremost, what I always tell customers is the less claims uh, that are needed, the better. Right. Okay. The typical mistake everyone, including me. Did, uh, when he first built his first claims-based system. You went claim crazy. Everything was a claim now. Yeah? <laughs> you know That's the, the, an old
1: story, my friend. The new, the,
2: the new hammer yeah. and, and the nails. Oh, yeah. right? I like nails. <laughs> I like nails a lot. Like, we need more nails. So I think um, it depends a little bit where the claims come from. Mm-hmm. So f- tomorrow I'm doing a talk about a- how to architect these types of applications. So I distinguish between identity claims, which come from an identity provider, for right. example, like your corporate active directory, then I, uh, I, I, think of resource claims, which may be another token service, but has more domain knowledge about the application. So uh, again, a, a good example is SharePoint. They have, they have their own STS built into SharePoint because right. this guy knows what is a list and what is a part, web part and, and so on. Yeah. And, and STS, secure token service, security token service. Yeah. Security so token something service. Something that produces a security token. Yeah. Right. And uh, the last piece of the puzzle is WIF has a local application, local extensibility point to add claims as well. Mm -hmm. So you have these three buckets, identity, then maybe application knowledge, but more centralized, and Mm -hmm. local application knowledge. And these three things together become the identity of the user.
0: Okay. So when we think about an identity claim we're talking about uh, is uh, in the sales team. Would that be an example? First of all, a unique identifier for the user. So in in domains,
2: that's easy. Um, It's their active directory identity. Yeah. For example, yeah, okay. or, or their email address it depends. Email uh, some address. some some companies like email, email addresses more because they are also unique.
1: And you mentioned Active Directory. Um, are, I'm not an Active Directory guy, so I don't know, but I th- I would have thought that all of that information about a particular Active Directory user would be available just in the API of AD.
2: Well, the the, the issue is this: the API of AD is called LDAP. Yeah. And no, no, no one likes LDAP.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and the, the other, the other issue is, of course, that the, the so application.
1: What you're saying is, it's there, but it's painful.
2: No, well, there the, the, the were some, there the are some issues here. For example, let's say the application that wants to get the information, maybe in a DMC, and you can't connect back to your AD. Right. Maybe
0: your application is in the cloud, it can't connect back to AD. Well, that's what ADFS is for. Exactly. Yeah, so you bring Acronym your identity here. with sorry, you. Sorry. Active Directory Federated Services. DMZ
1: yeah? uh, demilitarized zone <laughs> between the <laughs> firewall and the web search. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight Controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems. All of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash freestuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash freestuff now and take full advantage of the available free-of-charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting .NET Rocks. The next thing is maybe the application doesn't have,
2: you know, access rights to AD. Mm-hmm. So it may be a bigger problem to open up AD for that. Some, some, some sort of, you know, maybe even a username and password if if you are not Windows integrated right. authenticated. Yeah. So the big difference between tra- traditional Kerberos uh, authentication <laughs> and and Which is what
0: Active Directory depends on.
2: Yeah. And, a, and the way ADFS does it is with Kerberos, you get like a minimal, like you get minimal information and then connect back to AD to get more. Right. Whereas with ADFS, they put it in the token and send it to the application. And the good thing is you, you basically send it from the inside to the outside. So that, that works across firewalls. That It right. works
0: in the cloud, for mm-hmm. example, yeah. And, I, I mean, that's the strength of the ADFS approach. But we're only getting as far as the identity conversation so far here. I really right. want to get into these yeah. other classes of claims. I think yeah. this is the, the heart of this is understanding the kind of claims you'd want to make. So do you want to mention a couple other yeah, yeah, identity-based yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. claims? Yeah, yeah. And no, maybe I'm,
1: some that are f- uh, superfluous as well, you know, the Traps. Were- Okay. Some, yeah, Some yeah, that yeah. are yeah that so, so, we think we need, but we don't. So
2: one, f- one, one thing that's really important is which uh, which these protocols allow is that you can chain token services together. Okay. So for example, um, th- th- the issue is this. ADFS, the first two letters, Im- indicate who will be the admins for that. <laughs> right? So, you know, back in the days when Microsoft created AD, the idea was you can create a group in AD and an application can authorize on that group. Right. Like if you are in the sales group, then you have access to that. Now... Richard, you know that. How often does it work that the developer calls an admin and says, hey, can you create a new group for me? Yeah. <laughs> Never. Exactly. Never, ever. <laughs> so, and ADFS is, is, is in the same boat, actually. I mean, the same guys that, 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 uh, admin AD will admin ADFS. Right. So you can't just call them and say, Hey, can you create a new relying party for me? And I need this and this and this. And can you just create those rules for me
0: and everything? And it, it will happen in the same way as it, w- as it didn't happen. But, but yeah. it's, but it, this is the big battle is that you're, you're trying to set up a, a security infrastructure that your application will work with. You have to involve the security people, the but, IT folks. But now come, comes the good part. Okay. So you can chain these token services. So you, you can have a, a, an, a, a
2: central, you know, enterprise ADFS. Right. But then you can take the token and go to your application token service. I see. Yeah. And the good thing is that it's a one-way trust. So your
0: application token service trusts the enterprise but not not the, the other lesson. way around. And that makes them happy. Okay. But th- th- that means that the only thing we have to get from the enterprise then is that this person exists. <laughs> or maybe some basic claims like email address, name, right. department, yeah. reports to maybe yeah. something We're like this. We're not asking for additional groups around applications or anything like that. We're just saying we know who this guy is. Here's yeah. his email address. And then we have another token service which, which trusts the, 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 the enterprise token service. Right. And then we can
2: add whatever claims we like. Because this this token is is, is under our control it 's kind of part of
1: the application space, yeah, and what would be some of those other other claims that we well like? that,
2: that's typically something like authorization information yeah so, um, so that may, 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 maybe you have like a central so, so my, my uh, often my example is a, a shopping cart limit so oh. if if you have like an e commerce application thing. Maybe you, the, the shopping cart this limit that This person has
1: bought too much stuff; they must be stopped.
2: Well, first of all, the, the, the knowledge about that limit is right. maybe a, a centralized knowledge okay. because there are a bunch of applications around that piece of
0: information. So that would be a claim that your application. Oh, I STS, see. And so you're talking about a claim that's not specific to an app, but maybe to an area of a group of apps.
2: Just like the token service that's in SharePoint, yeah. Did they, they build it because it, it knows about the, the the whole universe of right. SharePoint, right? Okay. So, um, yeah. So that could be a good claim um you know um if if your business is, is around colors maybe the favorite color of the user is a good resource <laughs> claim so these yeah?
1: claims are really business rules are they not well they are they I are there they're, 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 there
2: are data to to support your business yeah. rules in the application yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah now would you go down this far as, say we're dealing with an hr application this is, person is allowed to see salaries is that a kind of claim you'd be talking about is that a little too exacting that could be a claim but keep in mind if this claim is only interesting for a single application, right. then for me it's more like an application local bucket okay. of claims. Wow. Oh. At this point, we're still not talking about application level uh, claims. We're still talking about sort of the the range yep. of applications, the system wide claims. So, so the, yeah, I, I think that the first thing is to under, to understand the the
2: distinction between identity providers and right. and there uh, there are many names for it, but some call it a resource S T S. Because it has more knowledge about the resource it's protecting. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, some call it, uh, an RP STS, which, which is relying party STS. Ooh. Some call it federation gateway because basically you are, you're having trust to other token services from that point on. Right. And, and, um, I, I guess a, a good distinction is like an, an identity provider, typically you authenticate with an identity provider using a Windows account or a mm-hmm. password to get back a token.
0: A resource STS accepts a token. And gives you another token back. Okay, right. Yeah. And they like said you're now you're chaining tokens together to get a complete set of claims for what an app's going to need. Yep. makes a lot of sense. And I, then, I like this a lot. <laughs> can we and, get down to the app level now? Or yes. Run? And, and, yeah, and, and the, okay. next,
2: the next step is now you take this token send it to the application. Okay. Yeah. And then there's WIF typically running in the pipeline, mm-hmm. getting the token, inspecting it, validating it. And then they call something, it's called the Claims Authentication Manager. And think of it as, as a role role provider just for claims. Okay. So you basically that's your point where you can look at the incoming claims, make sure you have all the information you need, maybe even reject the token at, at that point because if information is missing. Right. Yep. We, we
0: don't have your budget limits. We didn't so, get that.
1: So this claims manager is essentially the thing that interprets that token for you and tells you No,
0: no that that, that that's the WIF itself.
2: WIF so WIF the first comes that. WIF with a, a WIF. thing called the security token handler. Okay. So basically this this piece of plumbing takes a token and turns it into an a, an i claims principle.
1: Okay. Which is essentially an object that has all of those claims encapsulated as maybe booleans or properties exactly. or things like that. It's okay.
2: basically i principle version 2.0. Yeah. you know, I comes from .net one zero, yeah, uh, two
1: thousand
2: two. So when when people designed that, it was late nineties, I guess.
1: And that'll tell you stuff like whether you're an administrator, your Windows role, that kind of thing. The the first not one. even because the, the, one. I, the
2: i principle one only has one property, uh, one one
1: method called is Oh, is enroll, yeah. And yeah, yeah.
2: and in, encapsulates an I identity which has
1: one one property called name. Right, <laughs> but is in is in role for the Windows principle. I guess what I was talking about is the Windows principle allows you to see whether they're an admin role or user role or whatever. Yeah, but um, that's that's about the level I've been into. Right,
2: and and that may work for some cases, but as as, as I said earlier, no. Well, Depending on, on the company, no admin will create you new groups just right. for your application. So the is enroll thing is kind of moot, Right. <laughs> unless you just
1: want to check to see if they're an administrator or not, yes. and then
2: big deal. Yeah. So the two O version fixed a lot of this. Well, the two O the two O ver- um, version version is, is called I claims principle, okay. and the idea is it encapsulates an I claims
0: identity, and I claims identity has a list of claims. Oh, okay. And when did this this is part of Windows Identity Foundation? Yes. WIF or WIF. 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 Yeah. And when did this ship? This is—is is this three five? It shipped at PDC two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Okay, so it, I mean, it's very recent. That yes, we're, you know, we've had yeah. a year and a half or yeah. so yeah. now. <laughs> right.
1: And, and we talked to Vittorio Bertucci about this. Yeah.
0: So. So now we finally are able to break out this multiple claims that, from yeah. multiple sources.
1: So exactly. So, so
2: now, now the token arrives at the application. Uh, WIF turns it into an I claims principle. So we have the claims collection and now we have the claims authentication manager, which takes I claims principle as a parameter and returns an I claims principle. So in between, you're totally free of what you want to
0: do with these claims. Okay. So first thing would be are all claims there that I need. Right. So this is on the startup of my application. I've got this token. first request. Start looking through. You know, do yep. we know who? The, do we know who this person is? Do they have certain system level claims that we require, like yes. budget limits and things like that? Do, do we need to add claims? Maybe we go off and call another service. Oh, database,
1: whatever. You know, I think I might be getting this for the very first time.
0: I'm, I'm with you. Like I'm really. The order of execution matters here, that the enterprise provided initial identity, maybe some system-wide claims came from one claim source that often is independent because you don't want to mix the two anyway. Now you're going into a given application as additional claims, and like I said, it might now make some ad- more calls to say, what other rights does this guy have to actually right. get a package together say, okay – I can play with you.
1: And also, I think the thing that's clearing it up for me is just a, a few examples of what these claims might be mm. and that they essentially map to permission for business rules.
2: Not necessarily. Well, they could. Yeah. I
1: mean, that's a huge thing mm. for me. Like, I'm, mm. I'm getting that, that you have, this person has access for me to give them this information, but not that information.
2: And then the outcome of the claims authentication manager can be optionally stored in a session. Okay. So, so maybe your your code in claims authentication manager is expensive, like calling a database, calling a service. Right. So maybe you want to take everything you, you've got so far and and serialize that into a session. And again, the nice thing about WIF is they abstract away how the session actually works. So in ASP.NET, it's a cookie, for example. Right. In, in uh, WCF, it's a secure conversation. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't care. We just say, give me a session. And under the covers, they
0: figure out, okay, am I in WCF? Am I in ASP.NET? And then do the right thing. But we're not actually using, quote-unquote, the session object from ASP.NET here. This is a different concept of session.
2: Yeah. And you have the option of uh, persisting on the cable, persisting in a back-end cache, for example, which is interesting, for especially for the cloud stuff. You know, we've, we've distributed... No load balancing and and, so and on And
0: if and if you are pushing it as a cookie, is it a separate cookie from the session yes. cookie? Yes. Yes. Okay. So there's just now
2: there's two cookies. There. It's a very clever system. They mm. they they allow you to have a pipeline of cookie operations. Like what happens between issuing the cookie and going to the cable? Like uh, they 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 um they cheese a bit they uh, encrypt it, right. they sign it, mm-hmm. and you can uh, exchange all parts of the pipeline. So if you're on a single server, they, they, they use DP API, like the local crypto right. uh, mechanism in Windows. When you're yeah. on, a, a, on a web farm, you can
0: say, use this certificate. Right. Oh, no. So they, they can go to any other server and they can still decrypt it, properly. Right. And they, they, then they have a thing called the chunked cookie handler. Yes. <laughs> I like chunky
1: cookies, <laughs> personally.
0: So now, 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 now they can overflow the cookies if they uh, exceed four kilobytes. Right. Up to, I think, eight cookies. So they will actually spread across multiple cookies and then reassemble it for you. Yep. So you can actually stuff a fair bit of, I mean, if, if you've really got 30k worth of. You shouldn't do that. Yet. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what no, but, are you doing? But the, the nice thing is this, it's
2: just a switch in, in the, in, in, in the config, basically that they only serialize
0: an identifier for the claims right. and keep it on the server. So if your cookie gets too big, yeah. you just flip that bit. Flip it over, push it back to the server, give them an identifier, and you'll go pick it up from there. But the nice thing here is you're not re-authenticating every request. Yes. You've got an identity that is persisted in, in a form what, with certain mm-hmm. rules around it that allow you to check those things each time you, for each page that you go to. And you, you know that and I'm the, sorry I'm so website-centric, but this is what I do. Mm, so. Yeah, exactly. And the nice
2: thing about WIF, I think, is um, I spoke to Harvey, uh, Harvey Wilson, He's the architect mm-hmm. from VC fame, you know, back in the days, uh, web with web service stuff. enhancements. Wait, wait, yeah, back in the days. Back <laughs> in the days, yeah, with WSS was a big so, so, deal. So he said uh, um, the way he designed the framework is almost every class is public, mm-hmm. and almost every method is virtual. So whenever you s- you like to modify something, you, you just can. override it. You can override it, do yeah? it the way you want. So to. so for example, one one thing that is extensible is the the. I claims principle storage mechanism. Mm -hmm. So by default, they use in memory. Um, What Christian and I did was uh, we have a version for velocity.
0: Nice. Yeah, for example. So that's the distributed cache.
1: Yeah. Very nice. Is that part
0: of, that's part of App Fabric? Yes, exactly. Okay. So you just add, you basically extended that so that it's available across that distributed cache. And the the rest of the app stays the same. Nice. Yeah. Now I always associate that with cloud stuff. Is is that all going to work? App Fabric caching Uh, in the cloud. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. It, it works. That's it, a nice thing. Yeah. Well, what's interesting to me is it feels to me like a lot of the development we need to do in the cloud needs this kind of security. Oh, Absolutely. God, yeah. um, you know, in the cloud, you are by design disconnected
2: from any other security system. Right. Yeah, so you need something that you know, can project the identity into the application, and mm-hmm. that is a token. Right, really. So now let's get back to the to the pipeline, I guess, because okay. th- that's really what we, we want to get to. have been working on way through yeah. the pipeline. I've <laughs> really been enjoying it. That's good stuff. <laughs> Keep going. So now after you have this session thing, now you have an iClaims principle, which sits on thread.currentprinciple or htpcontext.user. They, they, they copy it to various places to make right. sure that, that the, the existing programming model still works. Right. And they, they have a nice backwards compatibility layer. So whenever you call is in role, they really look for the claims collection and look
0: for a role claim. Ah, okay. So they they want to make sure that you can just turn on WIF, but don't break existing code. Right. So if, so if somebody's actually gone to the trouble of actually using his enroll properly, this will continue to function. Yes. Wow, great. Uh, same for the name property. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so when you when someone says name, they look for a name claim in the claims collection and return that. Right. And you can also remap these claims. So if you say, okay, my name claim is the email address, then you just map that on, on the iClaims principle. And from, from that point on, when, whenever someone says .name, you get back the email address. Right. Nice. Things like that. Yes. Yeah, so-, so now the... the, the I guess the thing that really makes it important is now, what does the developer do from that point on? Yeah. Now, now now he has the claims. Right. You have the claims. <laughs> now what? So, we got to the beginning. Now, now you have multiple opportunities to to make use of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can always grab the claims principle and, and you know, use link or whatever and go through over the claims collection and figure out what's his first name, what's his last name, what's his email address. Right. Maybe you want to do something really trivial, like say, hello, Richard, in your application. Yeah. How do you get that information in AD? With great
1: pain, <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. and I think the most important question is: What about the JavaScript developer? How does he get that stuff?
2: <laughs> okay, that, that's I a didn't... totally different topic. But uh, just uh, to uh, but answer we'll, that, we are we are we are working. Uh, Microsoft working on, on something called the, the JSON Web Token, which really? is yeah, wow. which is a, a token as a security token encoded as JSON. So that's okay. that's your JavaScript story. There is yeah? the answer. <laughs> so it's, uh, it is going to happen. It. it's not shipped yet but
0: you're no, going um, down no
2: it's a guy called Michael Howard from from Microsoft he's he's like t- t- the driving force behind
0: that new technologies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay so now we have to um, we have to claim so, so claims. Maybe you've said a hello, so forth. I'm really getting into now. Maybe I'm a, I whether I show the button or not show the button. The UI effects right. of what claims so, you got. So so now there are multiple opportunities
2: to do authorization. And um, I've written a long, uh, I think like a six part blog post series. And and I I give you the link so you can sure yeah, it. Yeah, we'll add that to the show. Um, basically, the, the first one was called What I Like About It, and then I have like four or five posts, what I don't like, what, what I don't like about, <laughs> and how to improve it. Yeah.
1: So Wait, um, before you even start. Okay. Am I on the right track? If I'm in a Silverlight application, I can use. Can I bind directly to some of those Boolean properties, like my enabled yes. properties for my yes. buttons and things like yes. that? So there's one solution.
0: Uh, and I see where you're going because you've been doing yeah. a lot of work at Silverlight. Yeah. Do this. Um, so. Yeah.
2: Let, let's let's stay stay on the server for now, um, mm-hmm. and, and then we can uh, come back to Silverlight. So. Um, so, so the first thing Microsoft ships, and that's something I don't really like, is, uh, it's called the claims authorization module. And okay. it, it's, it's, an HTTP module, and it's, it's supposed to be the replacement for the URL authorization module that we have in ASP.NET. Mm-hmm. So, so the idea is they pass you in a URL, and they pass you in the claims of the user, and you can basically, on a per request basis, decide if you want to let the user in or not.
0: And so this URL will be down, uh, you look, for a particular page, here are the claims, should it run or not? Which I don't like. What because happens if you don't want to run it? Use a redirect. Well, you basically you uh, it works exactly like the built-in URL
2: authorization module. Okay. You, you return basically a false, which turns into a four hundred one, right? And then, the, 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 and then it's
0: up to your error handler to pick that up and clean it up. Exactly.
2: Okay.
1: It's kind of rude.
2: We can make it pretty, but it is yes. kind of abrupt. But but it's it's the same thing uh, as as you know. Then
0: you would re- redirect to a login page, mm-hmm. things like that. But um, it also means that for every security mode we might run in for a given thing, we need to create a separate page as I said the,
2: the, the, the thing I don't like about that is that I think authorization on URLs is very 90s mm-hmm. because in think of MVC how easy is it if a marketing guy decides that we, we, we need, need to make it more SEO friendly Right. search engine optimization <laughs> thanks <laughs> can you please uh, <laughs> <under a rock. laughs> can, can you please change the URL to something like this yeah it's so easy with MVC you just change the routing table right but when that would you, smash the heck out of the security model. Exactly. Yeah. Bad so, dependency. Yeah. And that is something I don't like. Okay. So in ASP.NET, you have the choice. When you include a module, it runs. If you don't, you don't. Right. And that's what I typically do. I, I don't do it. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> the really good idea behind it is that they have a thing called the Claims Authorization Manager. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you consolidate all of your authorization policy in a separate assembly. Mm-hmm. M- meaning if for any reason... The, the application changes or the authorization changes, you have to, to deploy one or the other and not right. both. So last night, we had this, this, this discussion um, how often we see in code reviews people that sprinkle all over their code base things like is in role. Is in role. Yeah. yeah. And now, that you know, these things change. So, so, the boss comes by. And says, "Okay, um, we have this role, but there's another guy which is not in that role and is not in another role, but he needs to have access too." Right. Now you do a search and replace over your whole application and make sure you don't forget any, uh, you know, um, place there, right. and, and and change your authorization policy and then you know retest, restage, redeploy, and that's just painful, yeah. yeah. So so the idea in WIF is that you have a, a separate assembly. Um, which is a class um, derived from claims authorization manager. And this has a single method called check access. And what they pass you in is something called an authorization context. And that's the, the very, in my opinion, the most important concept here is that in your application code, you don't say, if the user has this claim or is in that role, he's doing this. Let's say you have a meth- method called add customer. So what you do is you say, I'm adding a customer. Now, the information adding customer plus the claims plus goes the token plus the claims, go into the authorization manager. Now, with these three pieces of information, he says yes or no. Nice. So the chance that the add customer method will always add a customer is quite high. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah? But who is allowed (laughs) to do it will change. Will change. So that's... um, That's great. That's a clean separation of concerns here. Yeah, so... So when you do that in, in a separate assembly, for example, then you just have to redeploy the assembly. Or, um, I see, um, um I, th- I think Michelle has a product, a mm-hmm. cool, uh, yeah, cool. that is one of the, the things key, they do. Keystone. Yeah. Keystone authorization manager. Yeah. Um, and I expect something from Microsoft as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is that maybe at some point you just have a, a graphical business rules UI where you say, okay, Richard is allowed to add customers. Right. And then in your
0: authorization manager, you just execute that rule and you get back true or false well you can see you know one of the things i i like in active directory and i'm putting on my it hat is it's very easy for me to go into a particular role and look at a particular file and say why does this person have permissions to this Mm -hmm. and it'll actually enumerate all of the privileges that person has to say this is why Mm -hmm. it turned out that way and you've just described how i could do that in my app very clearly that i could spit out in my app here's all the permissions this guy has i mean let's be clear i mean at the moment, what, what Microsoft did is, I think
2: they, they didn't—they they didn't exactly know where to go from here. Mm-hmm. So they gave us the low-level extensibility points, right? Um, which, if you are a security guy like me and have fun building that, build your own system on top of you, that. You're the
0: most excited person I've ever seen talking
2: about security. <laughs> Absolutely, congratulations! You win the here's your applause.
1: You win the .NET Rocks Award for most excited claims guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's the reason why I'm I'm, I'm still doing it because I, I, I'm loving it.
1: At Franklin's Net right now, you can get a DVD with over 11 hours of Billy Hollis on Silverlight 4, or 14 hours of Sahil Malik on SharePoint 2010, each for only 6.95. Order online at www.franklins.net. Are you looking to change jobs? Infusion Development has offices in New York City, Toronto, London, Dubai, and Poland. Infusion has hired a whole handful of happy .NET Rocks listeners. Contact me for an introduction at carl at franklins.net.
0: Back to your point. Microsoft just sort of left a bunch of low-level tools here, and now you have a choice about how to implement it. And right. You definitely have strong opinions about this, yes. right way or wrong way. And I like the separation of concerns that all of this the, this check access stuff can live on its own, can be tuned on its own, and you understand it. But did- the the issue with that is at the
2: moment you have this single method called check access. Right. And you have to have all of your authorization decisions in this method. So you you need to have a clear idea how you want to structure that stuff. This, yeah, this
0: could get this could be, become the
2: ugliest method in your whole app. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The nice thing is that this authorization context again, this add customer thing mm-hmm. isn't just a string. It's a claim again. Yeah. Okay. So so add becomes a claim. And, uh, customer becomes a claim as well. And, right. you can, and they're internally collections of claims even. Mm-hmm. So I can say Dominic wants to print, but the printer is a color laser printer on floor five with, which has 50 pages a second. Right. So these all become claims. They go into the authorization manager mm-hmm. and based on the information, you can say, okay, Dominic can print, but not on that expensive printer. I Things see. Things like that. Yeah. And, it, and a lot of this happens almost automatically. That well, you- that, that's the point. Yeah. Um, Microsoft provides some convenience overloads, right. but they don't provide – I think they, they – as I said, I think they weren't quite sure how to take it from there and and gave us the all, all the, the – the,
0: A very the, low-level the abstraction. They, punt, they punted. Here's everything. Right.
1: This, it seems to me like this is the kind of stuff that would be best left – in some data store somewhere and not in a piece of code.
2: So I think what Michelle is doing they have a, um, a rules uh, a policy file mm-hmm. um, which has the information. And then uh, and they did, I think uh, they provide a class which derives from this claims authorization manager. Mm-hmm. And then they feed that data into their rules
0: um, logic. And this returns true or false. And right. th-
1: that's the way to go, I think.
0: Because in the end, you want that check access. Yes, he can do it. Or no, he can't. You know.
1: Yeah, or I want my boss to be able to log into a web page, you know, securely, and then flip a bit for me, so that I can, when I'm out in the road and the stuff mm. is working against me, right? You know, I can I can get it changed quickly.
2: So I, I guess in my head, the big big thing is the separation of concerns. Absolutely. Um, that you know, you, you you could could have done that earlier, but the way that the .NET APIs work is in role, just kind of pushes you in the direction of do it
0: in line. Yeah, it makes you do bad (laughs) things. It makes it very easy to do it wrong, and that will be the tendency, and this encourages you to do it right. Yeah. So what I did basically is I
2: I wrote wrote a bunch of plumbing that gives you like the the, the, the middle thing between the low level stuff and uh, the, in my opinion, too simplistic approach that Microsoft provides. Mm-hmm. So I, I've written like an MVC authorization attribute, for example, so you could put it on on controllers and say, okay, this controller is doing this, this action method is doing that, mm-hmm. and then this calls out to claims authorization manager under the covers, which I think is a better way of doing doing it per URL. Right. Do it, doing it on the controller. I mean, if you're an MVC guy at least, yeah, um, then uh, that makes it easier because the, what Microsoft provides is a, and I was kind of shocked and excited uh, in the same time, mm-hmm. a, a code access security attribute for it.
0: Wow,
1: it's back. <laughs>
2: no, it, it, no. It, it never left. Come on, it let's never not, let's actually not went away. Let's <laughs> not start this discussion. It was just ignored, that's all. <laughs> it,
1: was, it was feared. It was so, really feared.
2: It, yeah. Um, so... The issue with that attribute is, yeah, Mm -hmm. um, you can't unit test your controllers anymore because, you know, this kicks in regardless of how you call it. Oh, I see. Yeah. So when you unit test your controller, then your authorization logic kicks in.
0: No matter what. Yeah. Exactly.
2: That's the reason why I rewrote that to, to an MVC authorized attribute so Mm -hmm. that you, you have basically, you have have it at runtime. You can test the filter Mm -hmm. if you like. And if you you unit test your controllers, this thing doesn't get in the way, for example. So it, as I said, the low level hooks are there. But at the moment, you need a little bit more time. It sounds like you just overrode them so the testing would behave properly. Yeah, I mean, basically, um,
0: the, the 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 URLs to, to my blog post have all the information. Sure, that, yeah. um, and, we'll, also, and we'll definitely include those links so that folks have all it. Also, the code.
1: So, what's next for you? What are you working on now? Well, basically, that's my last foreign
2: road trip for before the holiday season. Okay. So I've been on the road pretty much since January. And it's, it, it's interesting that, you know, um, for the last f- three years, I kind of eventualized this claims thing and no one cared about it. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in the last 12 months, people are going crazy. I mean, they're really grabbing on now. Um, on one hand, they realized uh, that this is the way to go. Um, this is one class of customers. The other class of customers is they, they had something similar built on propriety protocols, mm-hmm. especially in Scandinavia. It, it, it's interesting. In Scandinavia, they, they have this federation infrastructure for a long time, banks, insurance companies, and so on. Oh, interesting. But they, they build their own protocols. Right. And now they want to, you know, move to the standards. To, right. To, to, to the, right. To, to so the that, STS approach. Yeah. Um Well, they had an STS before that. Right. But they, they, they used their own, their you know, own. token formats. And, oh, I see. Okay. Um, so that's another class of customers. Then... Obviously,
0: the whole cloud thing. Yeah, the, I mean, and I think I already said this, but we really need this form of security to make cloud make sense because our, our Active Directory is not here and there will be different uh, uh, token services to make all this work. So, for the last 12 months, I've been really, really busy just with that stuff. In the meantime, it seems like... This has all come together now, but Microsoft is changing gears on the way they're going to do identity as well. I mean, Kim Cameron's moved on. It just seems like it's a weird time at the Microsoft perspective at the same time that you're having some good success.
1: Well, I. but WIF is shipped and working and people understand. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. Is that, you know. That technology is coming into its own right now
2: well I think I guess you are you're, you're, you're alluding to the, the, the UI or the client side story of Microsoft that, that is changing Or yeah well card space
0: is kind of okay. gone away yeah. like, it, it, as much as this is working there's obviously stuff in flux too mm-hmm. I don't know if you can give us insight into mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen well, next. I mean
2: um, so uh, Microsoft is investing really big into the next version of Active Directory, which surprise, surprise, will be a federated Active Directory. Mm. So mm-hmm. you can run parts of AD in the cloud and parts of AD on premise, right. and they, they can talk to each other. So the Windows Azure App Fabric Access Control Access Service, Access Control services, <laughs> yes, is, is is a is a fundamental part of that. Mm-hmm. So which um, which now is very close to the AD team. At Microsoft, yeah, because that is like the, you know, the, the extension to the right. cloud uh,
0: for, for identity. Yeah? Well, and that to me sounds like it's going to get easier that, that when your uh, IT folks deploy this the latest version in whatever that's going to be, server 2012, you're already going to have a lot of this capability back in. I mean, right now, we still have, and I'm going to put my IT hat on again, uh, we have to stand up ADFS separately. And there's a lot of discussion that happens in an IT organization, just like trying to add a role. It's a lot of discussion to have, is about oh, yeah. putting a pinprick through the firewall to have access to AD externally. The certs on that, the the how reliable is this? The, these are non-trivial things that have to happen. Oh, yeah. So um I think there's a lot going on on the server
2: side. So, so Microsoft is gradually moving all of their big apps to to the claims model. SharePoint was the first one. I think CRM is now as well. Yeah. Um, reporting
0: services. And you can see a number of server applications that would make really good use of that, yeah? Yeah, no, Exchange should be claims-based as well. I mean, it's, there's all kinds of products that yeah. Microsoft should be writing that, that work with claims-based I, I, I security. I could imagine a SQL server... Could you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you look that's at it, odd. Yeah, but I mean, you look at it in a multi-tenancy configuration. I mean, obviously, and this, the, the interesting like the thing SQL is, SQL Azure guys must have done a lot of
2: this already to do what they're doing. The interesting thing is, when um, in SQL Azure there's a there's a CTP for the OData endpoint, uh-huh. so you can just flip a switch on your SQL Azure database and you have an OData It'll endpoint. ODA, and yeah, yeah. guess how this is authenticated? I'm betting <laughs> with claim. With a token. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Everything at the moment they're building new or you know revving or something. It, it has this claims based mindset. Somehow. Well, it's a
0: powerful message, Dominic. It's like everything you're going to use in the next few years is going to need this. Yeah. So it's in your best interest to get on board, start building it in your own. Start, hands. start thinking in claims,
1: and it and it sounds Re- like it's a lot easier now than it used to be.
2: Re- regardless, yeah, absolutely. I mean, regardless of if you're having a token service or not. Your application should be internally claims based sure be- because as I said, principle was released uh, almost ten years ago, mm-hmm. and i principle for me is the the the, the v next of principle. right, so it's not in uh, you know a, a codeplex download or no. something it, it's really like the next version of the the dot net built in stuff yeah right
1: yeah well uh, Dominic, I guess we're just about out of time. Is there any last minute things that you want to say, or do we cover everything?
2: Yeah, I mean, I could go on for days, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, well, where can we find your blog? It's uh, leastprivileged.com. Awesome. <laughs> great name. And we'll uh, put the links on for the show. Yep. So folks can hear, see all that. And obviously, you've written out a lot of this discussion in great detail. So oh, yeah. 15 dig in deep. Dominic,
1: thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks.